0: بسم الله الصلاة والسلام على رسول الله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فهو المهتد ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وإشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وإشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله وبعد اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما يا كريم اللهم إِنَّا نَسْأَلُكَ عِلْمًا نَافِعًا وَرِزْقًا طَيِّبًا وَعَمْلًا مُتَقَبَّلًا علم نافع We know what علم نافع is now, right? علم نافع is beneficial knowledge. What's beneficial knowledge? So when you say beneficial knowledge, it's knowledge with عمل. العلم والعمل It has to be accompanied with with actions in order for it to be beneficial. This is the dua of the Prophet. اللهم إِنَّا نَسْأَلُكَ عِلْمًا نَافِعًا وَرِزْقًا طَيِّبًا رِزْقَنْ طَيِّبًا and good sustenance. halal sustenance. It doesn't have traces of haram in it. Or even all of it being haram. wa طَيِّبًا wa وَتَقَبَّلًا And amal that when you do it, that it is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That it is accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we said that the two things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts the amal by, is sincerity and conformity. And you do it just for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you do it according to the way that the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wa taught us. And if it, c- it combines these two things, then inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept it. اللهم إِنَّ أَسَأَلُكَ عِلْمًا نَافِعًا وَرِزْقًا wa وَعَمَلًا مُتَقَبَّلًا خَيْرُ الْبَرِيَّةِ The Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wa sallam would make this dua. خَيْرُ الْبَرِيَّةِ The best of people to ever walk on this earth would make this dua. We are more in need of this dua than in I just want to remind the brothers as well that in when we do our a'mal, there should be a component of our a'mal which is called al-ihtisab. And al-ihtisab is essentially to seek the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to hope in the reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So every time you do an act of good deeds, مثلا your salah, You are hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you are seeking the reward from Allah, you are hoping that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept from you. And this is what differentiates good ibadah from routine ibadah. It's very easy, مثلا, to do your salah in a routine manner. It's a lot harder, مثلا, to say that I know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves this this ibadah. And that He gives great rewards for it. And the person who follows their salah from salah to salah, the sins in between, the, the minor sins are expiated. For so this is why I am I am praying with him. So the same thing with the dars of Quran. مثلا, you anticipate that the مثلا, the sakina and the tum'anina like the hadith of the Prophet said. That the Tumaanina, the tranquility and the peace descends upon those who recite the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then they go up again the Malaika, and they ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what were they seeking? And they say they were seeking your forgiveness and they were asking for your paradise. And he will say, have they seen my paradise? He said, no, they have not seen my paradise. He said, "I forgive them all. Even the one who came late, forgive them. So think about these ahadith when you sit in the halaqat of dhikr, مثلا. and every amal like this, think of the reward that is associated with this amal, and seek the ajr from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And have yaqeen and have husnul dhan, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will accept your deeds. Have husnul dhan, have good thoughts of Allah, that He will accept your, your good deeds. And make sure that this is muazzam in your heart. That you know that this halaqah as well is, is something great in the eyes of Allah. That you are learning the book of Allah. And there's no better place in all of, say, Canberra tonight. Unless there's another halaqah of Qur'an somewhere else. Or any other halaqah. So For you are in the best place in the masjid. Learning the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naim, wa al lafi Jahim. يَصْلَوْنَهَا يَوْمَ الدِّينِ وَمَا هُمْ عَنْهَا بِغَائِبِينَ All right. Allah wa ta'ala says الْأَبْرَارَ لَفِي لَفِي جَحِيمِ So now Allah subhanahu is telling us what the two outcomes are on the Day of Judgment. Where have we seen this before? Have we seen an عَمَّ يَتَسَأَلُونَ We've seen it in naziat we've seen it in Abbasa as well, yes? Where Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala says, this is the people of Paradise, and this is the people of the Hellfire. And this is the same thing here. lafi la wa inna al-Fujara lafi jahim." Why did we say that when Allah Subh'anaHu wa ta'ala mentions the people of Paradise, He mentions straight away the people of the Hellfire, and when He mentions the people of the Hellfire, he always mentions the people of paradise after them. Why did we say this? I think we mentioned it way back in Amma Yitasailun. So we worship Allah subhanahu ta'ala on hope and fear. That we worship Allah subhanahu ta'ala on hope and fear. Otherwise if Allah subhanahu ta'ala just said, Jahannam, 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 what would happen? We would be in absolute fear. We would lose what? We would lose hope. We would lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu ta'ala. And this is forbidden. لا تقنطوا من rahmatillah. Do not despair from the mercy of Allah. No matter how big your sin is, no matter how big your sin is, even a person commits shirk. If they make repentance from shirk before they die, Allah will forgive them. And similarly, the other opposite of it is when you have hope, too much hope. If Allah said jannah, 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 people will say I mean jannah. miracle I mean jannah. Yes. And what does this build up in the insan? The fear they it removes from them, uh, 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 the the fear of the retribution of Allah. It removes it from their heart that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will not punish them. They will keep on saying they will do their sins and they think they'll say, Allah Allah will forgive me. No worries. Allah will forgive me. He's always talking about Jannah and Jannah. We all Allah will forgive me. I put me in Jannah. For this is the balance that the mu'min has to have. They have to have hope that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will accept their deeds, and they will also have. The fear that Allah subhanahu ta'ala may not accept their the, the, the deeds. And it has to be the balance between the two. One cannot go above the other one. All right. Inna al-abrara. Where is al-abrara? All right. Al-abrara, we said, al-abrara from birr, yes? Birr, I think they're translated as righteousness and shur We're saying, ala kulha al-birr is the one who does all the good things which Allah subhanahu ta'ala loves. Starting with tawheed. Starting with tawheed and going down. As the Prophet ﷺ said الإيمان بضع وسبعون فأفضلها قول لا إله إلا الله وأدناها إماطة الأذى عن الطريق الإيمان is 70 odd parts أفضلها is to say لا إله إلا الله the lowest one is to remove harm from the طريق والحياء شعبة من الإيمان and to have modesty is a part of Iman as well for these are the abrar. they they combined with all all the avenues of good. Tawheed and salah and zakah and sadaqah and obedience to their parents and 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 bir, Albir. Albir is everything which Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala loves. They gave Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala his rights and they gave the creation their rights as well. This is what bir is. For these are inna al Abrara, Lafi, where are they? Fi naim. Everyone knows what a ma'rifah and a is or they don't know what a ma'rifah and a is a definite and indefinite. Is this na'im uh, definite or indefinite? Does this have an alif la it or does doesn't have alif lam? No, yes? If we said an-na'im what does that mean? That means it's it's known. Which one it is? That means it's jannah. Yes? But this one says what? Na'im, indefinite, yes? So what does this tell us? It's nakirah, yes? So this is not specifically just Jannah. Jannah is included in it, yes. But they said that the Naim that they live is in this dunya and in the Barzakh and also in the heaven, in the paradise. It covers all these three. It covers all these three: In this dunya and in the Barzakh and al Qiyamah. ال, and like the Salaf used to say, لو al-Muluk wa al ما نحن bi بالسيوف the Salaf used to say, if the kings and the sons of the kings knew of the pleasure that we were in, and the pleasure of worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and not being caught up in this dunya, They would have fought us with it, with the knives and with the swords. But this is the na'im of the na'im al-bal, when you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is true happiness, when you are a true slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you live the true happiness in this dunya. And you see, they are making these self-help books and how to be happy in this dunya and, and all this rubbish that they spew out and all this uh, be happy and enjoy your life and, and a happiness workshop and this workshop and how to be happy and make sure you... But the true happiness is when you are a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the true happiness. You say that you are happy with the qadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whatever He decrees upon you, you are happy. This is all from the Qadr of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. You see back something in your dunya, dunya. It doesn't matter, man. As long as my Iman is still there, Alhamdulillah. For this is the true happiness. This is the true happiness when you are a slave of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. For nassar Allah Sallallahu For the true happiness is inna al-abrarah la fi naim. Naim in this dunya is when you worship Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And the na'im in the barzakh, as the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, and when the door of the jannah opens, the window of the jannah opens, and ra'ihanuha warihuha come into the qabr. But this covers all three. This is why it's nakira. Al-Fujjar is the opposite of Al-Abrar. Yes? Al-Fujjar is the opposite of Al-Abrar. And when you go to the definitions of the ulama, the they went and they made differences between. Al Al Fajr, and ila akhir. We won't go into that. But generally speaking, Al Fajr is the one who went outside of the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in something very big, in one of the major sins. Yani it's in, the, in, in going outside of the obedience of Allah in, in the really big sins, in the really big sins, and being persistent upon it. This is, this is what Al Fujur is. But a person could be on Tawheed and they could have Fujur as well. It could be from Tawheed, it could be a Fujur as well. But in this context, it's specifically like Imam Al-Tabari said, it's referring to Al-Kuffar. The ones Al-Ladina Kafaru bi Rabbihim, as Imam Al-Tabari said. But this one is specifically referring to the Kuffar. The ones who, so essentially what it's saying is that Kufr is something which is from Fujur. Kufr and disbelief is something from Fujur. The, 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 the epitome of Fujur, if you want. <laughs> Jahim as well, like Naheem. What is it? Nakira as well, sah. So it covers also Jahim in this dunya, Jahim in the, in, the, in the Barzakh and Jahim in the Akhira as well. And this is the opposite. For the person who is not worshipping Allah, their life is Jahim, It's like a terrible punishment. Ma'ishatam donka, like a wretched life. They're living a life of absolute misery. Imagine living all your life, waking up in the morning going to sleep for 70 odd years, and in the end you're going to Jahannam. Is this not a wretched life? Nothing for them. Absolutely nothing. They are living the life of the wretched person. For they are wretched in this instance. And then they have Jahim in the barzakh. When the, the window of Jahannam opens up for them. In their graves. And Jahim in the Akhirah. What do you say Jahim in the Akhirah means? Jahannam, yes? Why was it called jaheem? Jahim Yes? What do you say jaheem meant? What do you say? Darkness, good, gloominess, but not like a rainy day gloominess, like intense gloominess, intense darkness, and intense depth as well. When you go deep into something, it becomes darker and gloomier. al-fujara lafi jahim, And this is going to show that the fujjar is meaning the kuffar, it's not the one meaning the, 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 the one who disobeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What will happen to them? يَصْلَوْنَهَا ad-din. So this is talking about the Jahannam specifically now. يَصْلَوْنَهَا يَوْمَ الدِّينَ What does the verb Salah mean? To burn, yes? سَيَصْلَى نَارًا So means to burn or to roast. يَصْلَوْنَهَا يَوْمَ الدِّينَ When will they burn in it? يَوْمَ الدِّينَ On the day of recompense. What does this mean? How did their recompense go? Good or bad? That means they failed in their recompense, yes? They met their, their kufr and their Anad. They met... The reality of what their kufar and inad meant. They said on that day. يَصْلَوْنَهَا يَوْمَ الدِّيَنَ وَمَا هُمْ عَنْهَا بِغَائِبِينَ What does غائبين say? Absence, huh? They mean in Jahannam there's no days off. You don't knock off at the end of the day in Jahannam and خلاص no more Jahannam for you for that day. You're not removed from Jahannam for a period of time, whether permanently or or temporarily. فَذُوقُوا فَلَنَّزِيدَكُمْ إِلَّا عَذَابًا They're only increased in punishment. For this goes to show you what? That these are the kuffar. Because the, the only people who are forever in Jahannam are who, the kuffar. As for the person of Tawheed, and this goes to show the importance of Tawheed. The person who died upon Tawheed, even if they had sins. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala found that they should be punished as a result of those sins. Then eventually they will be removed from Jahannam and they will be put in paradise. So ma'aluhum <laughs> al jannah. Their, their final abode is in Jannah, although they will spend a period of time in Jahannam. This goes to show fadl tawheed. The virtue of Tawheed. But this one's going to This goes to show that they are in there for eternity, forever. That they are in there for eternity. <laughs> يَوْمَ لَا تَمْلِكُ نَفْسٌ لِنَفْسٍ شَيْئًا وَالْأَمْرُ يَوْمَ إِذِن لِلَّهِ Alright, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says يَصْلَوْنَهَا يَوْمَ الدِّينَ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says يَوْمَ الدِّينَ وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينَ What will make you know what yawm is? So this is a question form in the form of ta'zeem In the form of making the affair of something great To, to increase it in greatness وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينَ مثلا, I don't know, i give an example مثلا. did you see مثلا, such and such thing and you mention it by name did you see such and such thing you know, using that tone of voice you, know, you can't believe how great it was so, did you see such and such a thing but this is the same way that Allah is using وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينَ and to add emphasis to it again he repeats the ayah again ثُمَّ مَا أَدْرَاكَ ما يوم الدين. What will make you know what the day of recompense is? Again, what will make you know what the day of recompense is? And Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He repeats something, it adds emphasis to it and importance to it. Al Qari'ah, Mal Qari'ah, Wa ma adraka Mal Qari'ah, Al Haqqah, Mal haqa Wa ma adraka Mal Usually in the context of the names of the day of judgment. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala repeats it, it adds emphasis to it. It adds emphasis to it. And even the Prophet the Sahaba used to say, when he used to say something, he used to repeat it three times. He used to repeat it three times. This was the sunnah of the Prophet But he was giving them a hadith, he would mention it three times. He would repeat it once, and then twice, and then three times. And this is, it goes into the head and makes people understand better. So if you're repeating something again, that means it adds emphasis to it, and importance to it. وَمَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينِ what will, make you من يدري, what will make you know what يوم الدِّين is? يوم الدِّين is the day of recompense, yes? ثُمَّ مَا أَدْرَاكَ مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينِ And then in case you didn't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the last ayah, will describe it to you. يَوْمَ لَا تَمْلِكُ نَفْسٌ لِنَفْسٍ شَيْئًا, يوم لا تملك نفس لنفس شيئا. وَالْأَمْرُ يَوْمَ إذن لِلَّهِ So when Allah says يَوْمُ الدِّينَ ثُمَّ ما, أدراك مَا يَوْمُ الدِّينَ It's like Allah saying If you didn't know what it was Then start knowing what it is Then start learning and knowing what يوم الدِّين is So that you can start preparing for يوم الدِّين So that you can start preparing for يوم الدِّين So it's not just a matter of saying What's يوم الدِّين, what's يوم الدِّين And then that's it, خلاص. end of story what I draw from Ayom al-Din, then what I draw from Ayom al-Din means I have to start learning about what Ayom is and preparing for Ayom al Because on that day, "Yom la temliku nafsun li nafsin shay'a." Well, the Amr, "Yom Aidin lilah." Nafs is a person or a or a soul. Yes. "La temliku nafsun li nafsin shay'a." That means on that day, one soul will not benefit another soul. It will have no power over it. For the mother cannot say to her child. Give me your hasanat, I have power over you. I need your hasanat, give them to me. Similarly, the father can't do this as well. No one is listening to anyone on that day. No one is listening to anyone on that day. Because on that on in this dunya, in this dunya, ربما a person obeyed someone else in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. someone in this dunya. Obeyed someone at the expense of the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so this is what Allah says, لله, The command on that day belongs to Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala alone. Does this mean that Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala didn't have any command in this dunya? That means only on the day of judgment Allah has command. So we said that this dunya is daru amal and the is daru jaza. Yes? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if someone did disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the expense of obeying someone else, then this is from irada, uh, irada kawniya, yes? But if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't obey this person, don't uh, obey the disbelievers and don't obey the hypocrites and don't obey and you end up going and obeying them. For this is a test. This is a test which you have failed. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his irada has allowed it to happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has allowed it to happen. For a reason which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. For a reason, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. Allah is not questioned as to why something happened. And they are questioned. Allah ta'ala does something which may be perceived as evil or something as looks as, as being bad, but there are other consequences. Further on, For as a simple example, a person commits a sin. Does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala like you to commit sins? Allah wa ta'ala dislikes for you to commit sins. Allah dislikes the sins. For a person says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلُّ بَنِي آدَمُ خَطَّى Allah doesn't like sins, yeah, every banu Adam is خطى. But the things that are associated with a person committing sins is what? Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is غفور رحيم. If you commit a sin and you say, أستغفر Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you. Isn't that not something good? Is that not something good? You understand that Allah is غفور رحيم. And as the shaitan said, I will continue to misguide them, so long as I am alive. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I will continue to forgive them, as long as they keep seeking forgiveness, as long as they keep seeking forgiveness, For a person may fall into error and a fo- person may fall into fault, but there may be other things which are associated associated with that which are more positive than what actually happened. It's not so bad as you think. Well, amr yawma idin His command on that day, his command exclusively to Allah. What can Allah subhanahu wa taala? What is his amr on that day? For Allah subhanahu wa taala can give shafa'ah to him, whoever he wants. And we said the al-uzma of the Prophet وسلم, on that day is when the people will be in discomfort and they will go to Adam ﷺ and they will say, please expedite, make the, the, the stand, just the standing on this day, make it quicker. We're standing in the sun and our araq and, and it's something muhrij, very, very yani, tough. And they will go to Adam, make shafa'ah to Allah to make it quicker. And Adam will say, go to Noah And Nuh will say, go to Ibrahim عليه السلام. And Ibrahim will say, go to uh, Musa Musa will say, go to Isa And Isa will go, say, go to the Prophet Muhammad And with the permission of Allah, لله, with the permission of Allah, the Prophet will be given the, the, the right of shafa'ah. And he will make shafa'ah for his ummah. For the people in the mahshar. And the hisab is expedited. With the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is something Allah, yama is in lillah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day, His order and His command is that He may put people in the hellfire. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts someone in His hellfire, it's from His عَدْل. Not out of His retribution, it is out of His aden, His justice and fairness. That means this person deserves to go into the hellfire. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts someone in the paradise, this is not from the person's good deeds, it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's fadl. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts people in the paradise from his fadl. And he puts people in the hellfire from his adil and his justice and fairness. And these are all the things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and many other things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does on that day. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala weighs the scales and weighs the deeds of people. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with his permission the books are distributed. And everyone collects their books. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one in charge on that day. And this ayah, this last part of the ayah wal-amru is similar to Maliki yawmiddin in Surah Al-Fatiha. We said Maliki al-Din." Does that mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mulk is just for al-Din? No. Allah subhanahu wa taala's has mulk in this dunya as well. But on the Day of Judgment, his mulk becomes more apparent. That means no one can argue with the mulk of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the Day of Judgment. Whereas, مثلا, a king here... He can say, this, this mulk belongs to me. This country belongs to me. I am in charge of this country. I have the troops and I can defend it and I can do things. And anyone who transgresses in my mulk, I will call them to punishment. But is this real mulk? It's not real mulk. It's limited to this area. And it's not complete. But he does not have complete control over his area. For someone could easily come and take his mulk away from him. For on the Day of Judgment, Malik يَوْمِ الدين, That means Allah subhanahu, Allah's ta'ala's mulk is 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 apparent, made apparent. No one, no king on the day of judgment can can come up and say, oh, "I have a portion of Allah's mulk on that day." No one can do this. No one can do this. For this is similar. amru That means Allah has amr in this dunya, but it becomes more apparent on the day of judgment. Subhanaka Allahumma bihamdika ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka tuhbolek.